good morning, afternoon, or night, whatever time it is where you're listening to this. You are listening to another episode of this series of Unnecessary Information Podcast. So last episode, we talked about the basics of whiskey and how whiskey is made. And today we're going to be diving a little bit deeper into scotch whiskey. So as we learned in the last episode, scotch whiskey is whiskey that's spelt without an E and it's made in Scotland. So whiskey from Scotland is largely made of malted barley and is malted whiskey. Um, And so something important about barley that we didn't really get into last episode is that uh, barley needs to be germinated before it can be placed into a mash. Um, So the barley gets seeped in water and spread around on the floor for somewhere between, you know, six and seven days. This allows the barley to germinate. And this germination process allows the enzymes in the barley to release the sugar so that the barley can then be fermented. So after the germination process, the barley needs to be heated so that the germination process will stop. And this, this happens with a kiln. And so this kiln is soaked with many things. Uh, one of the most popular choices being peat moss. Um, and this peat moss is what gives those uh, gives those scotches that peaty flavor. And then whiskey in Scotland has to be aged for at least three years. And usually these uh, usually these scotches are aged in oak casks, but can be aged in any number of things. Um, these things can be bourbon barrels. They can be sherry casks. They can be port casks or anything, uh, any uh, wood containers used for rum or brandy as well. All right. So now within scotches, there's basically, you know, two different, two different kinds of scotches. There's single malts and then there's blended scotches. Single malts are, you know, scotches made from one distillery. And these are usually made with pot stills because they'll retain a little bit more flavor than the column stills will. And then the blended scotches, they're uh, a blend of malt and grain whiskeys from two or more distilleries. So that's the big point you got to remember. Single malt scotches are from one distillery, while blended scotches are made from multiple distilleries. So blended scotches have to be blended by a master blender. A fun fact about master blenders, there's only about 12 of them in the entire world. And these blended scotches are usually... A mix of malted scotches and different grain whiskeys from two or more distilleries. So the blended scotches are actually the majority of the type of whiskey that's produced in Scotland. So scotch whiskeys are uh, protected under some laws, um, specifically the scotch whiskey regulation. Um, this is a whole big long document that you can find online if you Google the uh, Scotch whiskey regulation. Um, but some of the big takeaways from this are that Scotch must be produced and matured entirely within Scottish borders. If you take a barrel full of Scotch and you roll it from Scotland into England, it is no longer considered a Scotch. The second big point is that It must be aged in casks made of oak for a minimum of three years and one day. So if you take a scotch and you only age it for, you know, three years on the dot, it's not considered a scotch. Another regulation put forth by the uh, Scotch Whiskey Regulation 
is that it must be bottled at a minimum of 40% alcohol by volume or 80 proof. And the last big takeaway from the Scotch whiskey regulation is that it must have an age statement of the youngest age of the whiskey in that specific bottle. So say you're making a blended whiskey and you take three different whiskeys that have been aged for 40 years and you mix those three with a whiskey that's only been aged for three years, then the age statement on the bottle has to say three years. So with the basics of Scotch down, we're going to get into the different regions of Scotland that produce Scotch whiskey. First is going to be Highlands slash Islands. Next is Speyside. Then you get the Lowlands. Then you get the Isla. And then you get Campbelltown. So the Highlands and Islands region has uh, notes of spice, light smoke, fruit, florals, honey. And these scotches usually have a dry finish. And some examples from here are the Dalwini, the Oban, Highland Park, and Talisker. The islands region of the uh, Highlands and Islands is a group of islands at the northernmost tip of Scotland. And these whiskies have a uh, slightly different taste than the true Highlands whiskies, which are fruity, a little bit spiced, and not as aggressively peated as some other whiskies. So the next region that we're going to talk about is the Speyside region of Scotland. And this region is the Scotch producing region. Um, and I say that because they they have more than 50 distilleries in the Speyside region of Scotland. And this is where 60% of Scotland's malt whiskey comes from. So these scotches are sometimes peated, but are often sweeter and sometimes sherry finished with notes of honey, fruit, and vanilla. And examples of uh, these scotches are Glenfiddich, the Balvenie, and Glenlivet. So now we're moving on to the Lowlands region. Uh, this region of Scotland is a large area with many rolling hills, and these scotches are generally unpeated, many times lighter bodied, and this is a good region for beginners looking to get into the world of scotches. Next region that we're going to talk about is the Isla region. Um, these scotches are known for their strong flavors and for the fact that they're aggressively peated. So... The aggressive peating is what we talked about earlier in this episode about how the germination process has to be stopped. And so that germination process, if they use a lot of peat moss, it's going to give it um, this peaty flavor that we're talking about. And so this is where you get that strong smoky flavor that a lot of Isla scotches are known for. And this is going to make that scotch taste kind of uh, medicinal and kind of like iodine. Um, as well as that obvious smoky flavor. And some good examples of scotches from the Isla region are Ardbeg and Laphroaig. The last region we're going to talk about is the Campbelltown region. And this region is a little bit uh, special in Scotland because there are only three distilleries left. But these distilleries do produce some very distinctive single malts. And uh, these three distilleries are Springbank, Glengyle, and Glen Scotia. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit, just quick, about how to drink scotch whiskey. First and foremost, I want to say that the best way to drink scotch whiskey is the way that you enjoy it most. But some experts do recommend that if you are going to be drinking scotch whiskey for the taste, that you should be drinking it out of a tulip-shaped glass. And this tulip-shaped glass allows you to swirl the whiskey around the glass without spilling it. 
and it also will concentrate the aromas at the neck of the glass to make it easier for you to smell. Another good thing to know about drinking scotch whiskey is that you shouldn't be afraid to add a couple of drops of water to it, especially if you're drinking a cask strength whiskey. So these cask strength whiskeys are usually bottled at around 60 to 65% alcohol by volume as compared to the necessary 40% alcohol by volume to be a scotch. So adding the water to these cask strength whiskeys uh, will actually open up some of the more minute flavors in the whiskey by masking the burn of the alcohol that you would taste. Now to finish up, we're just going to talk about some random scotch whiskey facts. So the most expensive scotch to ever be sold, and I'm not talking about, you know, scotch with random crystals and a fancy decanter and all these other things that would make it sell for more than what the scotch was actually worth. I'm talking just about the scotch. So the most expensive just scotch that's ever been sold is the Macallan Fine Rare 60-year-old. And this sold for $1.9 million U.S. dollars at auction. And this scotch was drawn from quote-unquote number 263, which is a barrel that has been praised by many whiskey experts for its near mystical qualities. And since 2018, six bottles from this barrel have been sold for over $1 million. Um, and only 40 bottles uh, were produced from that bottle. So, so you can expect uh, many more bottles with that sort of price tag coming from it. Now just a fun little thing, because I love Game of Thrones. Um, there was actually a collection of eight single malt scotches that were produced for the last season of Game of Thrones, right before it aired. And there was, uh, you know, one type of whiskey produced for each of the houses of Westeros, and also one for the Night's Watch. And so the distilleries that made each bottle, or uh, each kind of whiskey, were chosen for their similarities to the regions of the houses of Westeros. So, as an example, the House Stark Dalwini Winter Frost was uh, chosen to be the Dalwini Distillery because Dalwini is known for being in a highly elevated, remote, and cold area of Scotland, just like the north where House Stark calls home. So that about wraps it up. I hope you guys enjoyed learning about Scotch whiskeys. Next episode, we'll be taking a deeper dive into American whiskeys. And this is the series of a Necessary Information Podcast, and I'm your host, Anthony Bayanga, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.